We're ministering on some things uh, concerning the subject of character. And uh, some of the subjects that on the surface you might think would be the most boring things to talk about. You might hear the subject announce and think, oh, Lord, we got to hear about that. We found this, that this is where the rubber meets the road. And some of these things, if you'll make adjustments when adjustments are needed, and if you'll be open to hear from God in these areas, uh, they can so bless your life. We preached, I don't know, must have been at least six or seven weeks uh, many months ago on the subject of, st of stewardship. And again, thinking that, ugh, do we have to hear that? It was the most exciting thing because you see, if I'll, if I'll follow these principles that God's laid out in the Word, this is what's going to happen. And then I guess we, we might get excited real quick about some of these things because we say, yeah, we learned this years ago. We've been doing it. And, and sure enough, we have experienced exactly what the Bible said we'd experience by doing it. Isn't that uh, a shocker that if you actually do what the Bible says, you'll get the results that the Bible says? Just giving you a chance to think about that. If you'll do what the Bible says, you'll actually get the results that the Bible says, positively or negatively. You know, it's not the word that you hear that's going to change your life. It's the word that you do. It's what you put into practice. Amen. We'll have you turn today and just by way of a very quick review, we'll look at the scriptures we started looking at in Romans 8. We're talking about the character of Christ. Oh, what a need there is to minister on the subject of character because your character is what gives you depth as, a, as an individual. Amen. Uh, you know, your education might help you be elevated, but we don't just need to be elevated. We need depth as well as height. We need your elevator to go to the top, but we need you to be able to swim deep too. Come on now. We don't need you to be a little shallow swimmer. We need to have depth about us as people. Why? Because the deeper you go, the higher you can be built upon. Amen. God in, wants to, in the life of every believer, He wants to use you. He wants to use you for His glory. He wants to use you to do things. He wants to use you to be a witness in your workplace. He wants to make an example out of you. Amen. Every single one who's, who's a child of God, He wants to use you. But He can't go any higher than you can go deeper. By deep, we're not meaning complicated. By deep, we're meaning settled. We're meaning stable. We're meaning you have a great foundation about you because we found this out that God's power could take you to a place where your character can't keep you. And so the greatest need almost for, for uh, God being able to use people in greater ways is for them to be people of strong character on the inside. And in Romans, the eighth chapter, we see this in verse 29, those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Notice that word conformed to the likeness of his son. You and I are to be conformed or bent or changed or molded. We are to be conformed to the image of who? Jesus. God wants you to look like Jesus on the inside. Amen. We won't have you turn there, but over in Galatians, we noticed in the fourth chapter in the 19th verse where Paul was, was speaking to the church that he had founded. And when Paul, uh, when Paul went and established these churches 
in the region of Galatia. And there was actually four churches, uh, Iconium, Lystra, Derbe, and Antioch that were part of this region of Galatia. So that's who the letter to Galatians was written to, these four churches. It cost him, almost cost him his life just to get these churches started. He was actually beaten up, stoned, and left for dead. Now, typically you don't leave somebody for dead unless they are pretty well dead. But the, the disciples got around him, prayed over him, and he ended up being raised up from that situation. And he went back to those pl same places where he got fired upon. Right. Amen. And he gave his life to these guys, strengthening them and helping them. But then at the time that he writes this letter to this church, he says, guys, I have to travail and birth again for you until what? Christ be formed in you. He said, there's, yeah, we got some results. You know what it costs me to get, the, to, to get these results, but there's something in your life that's lacking. Yeah. There's something that's keeping you from going higher, and it's the lack of depth, and so I have to travail again. You know what it means to tra tra travail? Any lady that's ever been on the labor table, delivery table, you know what it's like to, to work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you deserve to never have to work again. And all the women said, praise the Lord. Yeah, as many as you pushed out, dear Lord. You, that's, that's some work. But Paul said, I got to get back to work in your lives so that Christ can be formed in you. Then over in Matthew 13, we'll have you go there. Look at this verse again. Verse 20. Jesus was speaking. He said this, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. How many know not everybody who gets excited about the word is going to go the whole distance? But look at this. Since he has no what? Since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word. You, you might say, Pastor, that's not what you said the word was going to produce in our lives. <laughs> I never said that if you obey God, everything would just be free of trouble. Hmm? I never said you'd be free of challenges because you obey God. We're promised persecutions. We're promised challenges. I shared the Sunday night with, with the folk. I, I, don't know, I don't know why this came out, but I said all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And I said this, if you're never, if you're never getting any trouble, what does that mean? You're not living godly. And they all look at me cross-eyed like, what are you talking about? This is a tabernacle. Don't you say that here? But it's true there, just like it's true here. What, what do we mean? If you never have any opposition to your faith, then you might be one of those who just got in bare and, and said, I'm going to stay as far away from this as I can, but still be in. Dangerous place to be. But notice this. Verse 21 said, since he has no root. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Do you want to be the kind of person who can go the distance with the things of God? Yeah. What does it take? It takes depth, it takes character, it takes root on the inside. We started talking, uh, looking at some character traits and we're going to look at them in the life of Jesus. But we started talking last week about what I consider maybe one of the biggest 
areas of character, and that is the subject of honor. Do you remember we looked in 2 Timothy that said this, in a great house there are vessels of silver and gold, but there's also vessels of, you know, we, we would say plastic and lined with a, with a white uh, garbage liner. Some vessels to honor, some vessels to dishonor. And then, then it went on to say, you and I can be a vessel of honor available and usable for the master to use for any good work. And we, we, we brought out this fact that in your house, you have things that are expensive. Probably you have some you have some maybe nice dishes or nice, nice bowls. And you would present those and put those in a prominent place. You'd see them. You'd care after them. Take care of them. Right. If somebody says, I just think I'm going to be sick to my stomach. You don't run after that bowl for them. Just trying to see if you're awake today. You don't go to the China cabinet. What do you get them? <laughs> Some kind of garbage can, man, because we know, we know garbage is coming out. Ain't nothing you're going to serve coming out. Somebody shouted gross. Well, possibly you won't forget it if we're gross. <laughs> what do we want to be? We want to be the honorable kind. But we found this out, and we're going to see it here in just a minute even further, that we must learn to show honor. We must learn to show value if we're going to be one that God's able to use and God's going to be able to value. Would you turn today to a verse you hadn't looked at? 1 Samuel, the second chapter. What does it mean to honor? It, it, it has everything to do with the amount of value that you give to a thing. I like this word, brothers and sisters, how you esteem a thing, honor. And in the, in the original language, the word for honor, it's the same word translated glory. And it means this, it means heavy or weighty. And when, and when you're a person of honor, you have, you're heavy. Not physically heavy, we're not mean that, but on the inside of you, there's, you have some weight you have an anchor on the inside of you that keeps you steady when stuff's blowing. We want to have as much weight as possible on the inside of us. But we've seen that so many times uh, people just don't seem to have much honor about them. Remember Jacob and Esau. Well, here's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Have you found that? And uh, this is my favorite passage about honor. I, I read this and it, it just speaks so much to me. I believe it will to you as well. 1 Samuel 2 and starting in verse 12, it says this. Eli's sons were wicked men. Now, let me tell you who Eli was. Eli was the priest of Israel. He was as high up as you can get in terms of the service of God. And... Uh, then his sons were basically what we call assistant priests. Are you here today? All righty. Eli's sons were wicked men. Notice this. What made them wicked? They had no regard for the Lord. They had no regard for him. What's that mean? Little value. Little esteem. Now, it was the practice of the priests with the people 
that whenever anyone offered a sacrifice and while the meat was being boiled, the servant of the priest would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand and he'd plunge it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot and the priest would take for himself whatever the fork brought up. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. Now that was the custom and that was considered right. How many know the priest does have to eat something? And he wasn't given a paycheck at this. You know, he was basically had all his needs provided for him. And this is how he'd get his food when they're offering the sacrifice. At a certain point in the sacrifice, he has this fork. It's the same size as any other priest in any other area. And he just comes and puts it in there, takes his fork full, which is probably enough to feed him and his family. And that's how they would eat. All right. And but verse eight, verse 15 said, even before the fat was burned, the servant of the priest would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, let the fat be burned up first and then take whatever you want, the servant would then answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. Now I should explain to you that the fat being burned was actually where the sacrifice took place. This is Old Testament. Amen. Aren't you glad we don't have to boil and roast and stuff? That's not how we get right with God. Amen. All that stuff represented Jesus. He's done it all, but yet there's lessons in here. So there's, they're basically taking away from these guys the part that was the spiritual part of this. They're saying, no, 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 because we, we like our meat cooked the way we want it. And so we don't want the way you boiled it half done already. We want to be able to marinate it, put it on the grill the way we want it. That's what they were saying in essence. And notice in verse 17, it said this, the sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight. Why? For they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Now, this might not be a big deal to you. You might not care whether there's fat on it or if it's boiled or fried or what. But, but look, have you found out that if it's a big deal to God, it ought to be a big deal to you? And again, it's not about the meat. It's about the heart of what was happening here. So they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. But Samuel, now he was a, he was a, Protege, no, what do they call it? Apprentice in the priest's house. He didn't have status of Eli's sons, but he was just, a, he was coming up, growing up there. He was a helper, an apprentice. Samuel was ministering before the Lord and uh, a boy wearing an, a linen ephod. You know what? We'll skip a little bit of this for the sake of time here. Go over to verse 22. It says this, now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel. What, what were they doing? Treating the Lord's offering with contempt. And, by the way, they also slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, Eli now is saying to his sons, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, it's not a good report that I hear is spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God may mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's will to put them to death. 
And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Now, how did Eli deal with what his sons were doing? Kind of weak, didn't he? Kind of barely. I mean, he said something to them, but it, no consequences, no deadlines, like right now. Just you guys, this isn't good. Look how it's making me look. Look at what this is doing to us. And I just, uh, I'd rather not hear these reports. How many ever met a parent that this is how they parented? Amen. I've seen, uh, you know, had to deal with some apartment units and different things like that over the, over the years. And I've seen this to where um, a mother would come help her daughter move in with a boyfriend. And I'm thinking, so mom, you, you, as I've even said, so mom, you know, you're, you're letting your girl move in with this choker? And she said, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even. You better know. You better talk about it. You better deal with it. It's your last chance. Boy, I should have gotten a lot more amens than that. Smile, everybody. Come on. Turn to the person next to you. Say, I just love Pastor. <laughs> he keeps us straight. Now, verse 27. Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father's house when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest. What an honor to go up to my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your father's house all the offerings made with fire by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offerings that I prescribed for my dwelling? Stop a second. Stop a second. He's uh, the, the man of God came now to the priest and said, why are you scorning my offerings? He wasn't, was he? It was his sons. But who's getting held responsible? Daddy is like he ought to be. So he said, why do you look at this? Why do you honor your sons more than me? Would you underline that or highlight that or something? Make note of that. Why do you honor your sons more than me? Oh, my Lord, we could preach on that. Who are you supposed to honor more than God? Yeah, but my wife doesn't want to serve God. So what? You serve him. You're not going to win her by not serving him. Well, my, my teenagers just don't care much for church. Who asked them their little opinion? Are they living in your house? Are they eating your, are they paying rent in that house? No, then they don't have a choice. <laughs> well, my kids just like to, you know, play tiddlywinks on their league is on Sunday morning. You're a dingling for letting them do it. Find the league that meets Sunday night or afternoon or whatever. Can we talk here today? Why do you honor your sons more than me? People do this every single day. They honor other people above God and other folks' opinions. And what's, well, well they're just not comfortable with me 
serving God. They're not comfortable with me having my Bible with me. They'd be more comfortable with what? Hustler? A lot of places they would. Yeah, that's fine. But just, oh, don't bring that, don't bring that Bible to work. Don't put that on your desk. I told you ahead of time when we started this service, it was going to get hot in the kitchen. But don't leave when you get hot in the kitchen. You know who leaves when, they get, when it gets hot in the kitchen? People that have, don't have any depth of root about them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm laughing because sometimes I say things and didn't plan to say it like just now. And I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said, why going on? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people, Israel? Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promised that your house and your father's house would minister before me forever. Is there any more precious thing that the Lord could have done for anybody than give them that privilege? Out of all the houses, out of all the families, this one got picked for, for eternity to be the ones that represented God and got to minister before him. And notice what happened. Now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. Let those words be engraved on the inside of you today. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. Now, you have, you have this teaching here on honor. Those who honor me, those who give the right amount of weight. Those who properly value, properly esteem me. The Lord says, I'm going to do it for you. But those who despise me. Now, we use the word despise differently than the Bible does. We use, when we say I despise spinach, what we mean is I hate it. That's not what the word despise means. It just means the opposite in the Bible, rather, in the Bible, the way the word uses it. It means the opposite of honor. It means to lightly esteem, not put any weight on. The Lord says, you don't give me any weight. I'm not going to give you the weight. And it's not that he's just being snotty. But your lack of honor prevents him. Doesn't give him place to do much of anything. He who honors me, I will honor. Now, we're talking so much about developing in, in ourselves. You're okay for a few more minutes? We, don't, we won't keep you too long. We're talking about developing in ourselves the honor of God. But I want to tell you from experience that you just, just put your seatbelts on and wait to see what happens if you do that over a long period of time. God will honor you. He has done it for us. He has done it for us. We have been blown away at some of the things he's done in our lives. And we've asked him about it. We've said, Lord, we weren't even really believing for that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Where did this come from? And we talked to him about it. And, and, and there's been, this hadn't happened once, but I mean probably a dozen times over the last dozen years. I've asked him about it. I said, well, you, what, how did this come about? What, what, what's with this? And he just speaks to me this. Those who honor me, I'll honor. And he'll make us, he'll make us heavier in our wallet sometimes. Just as an that's just one area. He'll make us heavier there. Because we gave him the weight that we should have. He'll make us heavier in anointing. Because we've honored him. Now, he, this is not just something for the pastors. This is for anybody. Anybody here, you've, you've had God honor you in ways before. I think God saw. And when I started serving him, I had the bumpiest landing into Christianity you've ever seen. I mean, I was just, I was just all, all wrong. You know what I mean? Some of you better, you do know what I mean, some of you. But yet, as soon as I could, you know, I got, I got on the right thing. And I mean, the, the Lord sent me to a city just to find my wife. Just sent me to a school to go there one year just to find her. Because I think he saw that I was going to serve him. And I had started at that time. I had been honoring him. So Eli's sons, guys, and Eli's sons, by the way, they both died in one day. And Eli died the same day, lost everything. Eli's sons, they didn't honor the things of God, did they? They didn't honor the house of God. They didn't honor the authority of their father. They listen to this. They didn't honor their father's ministry office. Their ministry office. They didn't honor the precious offerings that they were entrusted with. Now, do you know when you grow up around some things, it's easy to not give it its weight. It's not give it. It's easy. A lot of times you'll see ministers, kids be the be the ones that leave the things of God. Sometimes it's because the ministers themselves didn't give the weight to it. Our, ki our kids, you can talk to them. They honor the things of God. I mean, I think they think that mom and dad being in the ministry is pretty well cool. Yeah. But you have to teach these things. And then what's more, besides not honoring any of those things, what's more, they had no regard for the lives of the people they were hurting. Now, that's the big thing to me. They devalued the offerings of the Lord. What did they do? They tried to cheapen the whole process in front of the people. And we don't have time every week to preach a sermon on it. But do you know that when we receive offerings here, we try to give some honor to it because it is part of the worship. And, and to try sometimes to try and please people, the, the ministers will, will give as little attention to it as possible so that people aren't. Uh, offended. And sometimes they won't even receive an offering. They'll just say, well, they, you know, there's a bucket in the back or whatever. Well, don't give That's not doing people the service of representing God and developing in them the honor for the thing. The number one reason we give our tithes and we give our offerings, it's an honor issue. It's not a money issue. It's an honor issue. That's why God doesn't ask for an amount. He asks for a percentage to see if we'll honor him with what he gave us. And if he can see that, and if we'll do that, then there's just virtually no limit to what he can do with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just thought I'd... 
elicit a response. <laughs> Honor. They twisted the very meanings of, of the offerings. They twisted the meaning of the whole thing for their own personal gain. Now, over the years, how many people do you even know? You probably know some that are not serving God today because a minister did something weird with the money. A minister, and they're not even serving. Because that happened, because somebody was dishonorable with money, now people aren't even serving God. You can't trust any of them. Which is not true. But it is true that there are some that have been swindlers. Hmm? then you can't even begin to talk about what this did to the lives of the girls that they seduced. These were, these were young ladies who got the privilege of, of being selected for a rotation to help. We call them greeters today. To help greet the people when they came in. And I'm telling you, there, there was a culture of honor up until this point regarding the things of God. This was like the greatest privilege of the girl's life to this point. I don't know how old they were, 18, 20, something like that. And, and they, they're talking about this for years. Well, we're almost to the age where we get to serve. Don't you know they probably got to wear something nice? Yeah, yeah. Wear, get something new? Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, ladies. You, you, get, you got something new? And we get to wear this when we serve and when we're helping get the people in, serve at the entrance to the tent. They're looking forward to this and... and uh, <clears throat> The ministers, they know we're going to serve with, with Mr. Uh, these boys' names were Hophni and Phinehas. That's a problem right there. No. <laughs> but they're serving and they're, they're saying, Mr. Mr. Phinehas, how you doing? He's saying good. And, and uh, they didn't know that these ministers that they're assisting, well they're, well, they're preaching this, she's checking them out. And he comes over to them and said, you enjoying your service? Oh, yeah, this is awesome. We just love doing this. He said, well, you love God, don't you? Yeah, we love God. He said, you want to serve God? Yeah, we want to serve God. Well, how'd you like to help me personally? And uh, there's some ways that, that we, could, we could have you do something really great for the Lord. Come on now, they're young. They're young. They're enthralled by what they're seeing. And they talked them in, I, I guarantee you, they didn't talk them and say, we're, we're going to leave this serving God thing and go in bed. No, 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 no. You ain't, you're gonna, ain't going to get anybody seduced that way out of church. You're going to tell them we're doing something for God. You, God's going to use you to help relax the ministers. And who, who can even begin to say what this did to them? Now every time, and they find out, those guys were liars. They took advantage of me. And now every time they think of God and they think of the things of God, what are they going to be thinking about? That lovely experience. Eli, as the dad, the minute he heard about this, he should have sat him down. You hear me? I don't mean sat him down in chairs. I mean sat him down out of that place of ministry. Pulled them out. And, and, and perhaps maybe there would be another chance. But you pull them out immediately to start with. Because that kind of behavior is not compatible ever with these precious things, with these honorable offices and these great positions. Neither, neither the money nor the women. 
They tell sometimes in training ministers, they say there's, there's the three G's you have to be careful of. The gold, the girls, and the glory. <laughs> right? Because any of those things can be tempting. Hallelujah. He should have sat them down, said, I want to never, ever, ever hear anything about either of these things again. And I don't want it to ever happen again. He should have dealt with them harshly. Eli didn't honor. His sons didn't honor. And they were dishonored by God. Their whole family didn't get to serve anymore, ever again. I, I tell you, a lack of honor is... A lack of honor is like an epidemic today. We're living in such an honorless society. I mean, where do you even start, you know? It's one of the most lacking things in the body of Christ today is, is honor. And the, thing, the reason it's so important is that it affects the results we get in such a huge way. And it's why most places, most churches, you get hardly any results. I'm not being critical. Please understand my heart. I love other ministers and other churches, and, I, and they're, they're precious. But the fact of the matter is, most I, I see folks that have been in the same church 30 years. They're still babies today. They still don't know anything. They have no victory today. They have no results in their lives and no fruit. And it's a little show. We just all show up in our sweatpants. And I'm staying back here in case you throw, decide to throw some... There's not honor towards God. There's not honor towards the things of God, towards the word, certainly towards the people of God and the house of God. Folk will sit in church and send text messages. That's dishonorable. You have a worship service where you're supposed to be focusing on God and you worship, everyone's supposed to be worshiping God. And people sit there and chomp their gum like a cow. <laughs> Pay no attention to what's going on. That's not honor. Come on now. Folks show up and they look like slobs sometimes, you know. Now, now, come on, I'm not being critical. We're teaching these things. When I would go, my brother and I, when we'd have to go visit my grandparents, my mom would send us, first of all, into the shower. And then they would, she would pick out, she would lay out our clothes for us. And they were stuff we didn't want to wear. And she would mess with our hair. And she'd take some of my dad's aqua velva. And slosh it on us. And we'd go visit my grandparents. And he'd come, he, my granddad would say, boy, you boys look like you just, you just got out of the shower. <laughs> no, we got clothes on, granddad. She was trying to teach us, not the honor of God, the honor just of our elders. How much more does it apply when you're talking about the Lord? Are we coming to meet with him or not? And it's not, you don't have to wear your tuxedo. We're not saying that, but... It's just taking the time to realize I'm meeting with God. I mean, if you were going to a wedding, I'd say you dress up, but I've seen people today now in our day, they show up to weddings like a pig. I remember one time a bank president came and spoke to one of our classes in Bible school. And the bank president, when he was scheduled to come speak, I don't know if you were in this class with me or not, 
He came out with a baseball hat on backwards, sunglasses, and a jogging suit to speak at the Bible school. And listen now, he got up and he said, this is how most ministers look when they come in to talk to me about a loan. And he didn't have to say too much else after that. Oh, praise the Lord now. Now we're going to exclude today. Today was daylight saving time. But what about showing up constantly late to a service? What does that show? A lack of honor. Today's excluded. Don't get mad at me. If something was important enough to you, you'd find a way to be there for it. And to, all, to always just show up casual whenever, let's, let's everybody know that I don't see that I have any supply to bring in this thing. I don't value anything that I'm bringing here. If it were tickets, if, if, if back from the dead came Michael Jackson for his <laughs> resurrection tour and tickets were on sale... Would people be on time for the day that the ticket window opened? They'd be weeks ahead of time. Why? Honor. They value that way more than they value the things of God. We don't really have a lack of commitment today. People are committed very strong. I mean, it was snowing when I left the house and there was people running. There is plenty of commitment out there, but there's a lack of honor and value of what we're committed to. Running is way more important than the things of God because a, a physical life of a few decades is way more important than an eternity in the minds of people. Well, see, that's wrong thinking. That's goofy thinking. What is way more important? Eternity. Eternal things. I know you might not like me after this today. You might never speak to me again, but I don't have to go home with you and sleep with you at night. I have to answer to the Lord. Did I preach what he told me to preach now? Whew, I got to stop because it's, it doesn't get better. It doesn't. It doesn't. You ought to see what's up here. It doesn't get better. I figure I'll stop for right now. <laughs> you okay today? Stand up with us. Stand up with us. See, if, if you're coming, if you come in today and you came with an open heart, I believe that the word of God and the things that we're saying, they're branding themselves on you. And, and, and when you see areas of your life that you need to make adjustments in, it can be a touch painful to hear and a touch painful to receive. But I want to encourage you, receive it. Listen, my wife works and all the time they have people coming and they'll, they'll get appointments uh, and show up on time to get something cut out of them that shouldn't be there. Right? I mean, on a daily basis, she's, she's, she's watching people get parts of their body extracted. Because it shouldn't be there and they're not going to miss their appointment to come get this taken out. Can we do the same things with God? Amen. But I tell you, his surgery, you don't have to, his surgery is not going not to kill you. Uh-uh, it's a good thing because when he takes something out, he'll put something good back. 
Close your eyes, lift your hands to him, just praise him today. Oh, Father, we bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the truth that makes us free. And Lord, we know as we receive this truth that we will receive a greater level of freedom in our life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, there's all kind of stuff that you and I don't know yet. That you might have thought, I'd never be around that. And that's the thing that God wants for you. But just submit to him. Go his way, man. Do his will. It'll bless you.